marketing. Drunk marketing. Drunk marketing. Drunk marketing. Connor, big birthday weekend. <laughs> it was a big birthday weekend. I had, I went out to Colorado to see fish, obviously. Um, I don't know if I talked about that last week or obviously. not. Obviously, I don't think you did, actually. Okay, so I didn't touch on it, so not obviously, but yeah. Um, if you follow me on social, you saw the, the pictures from the show and, and some of my snaps from the top of the mountain and stuff like that. Um, but Colorado was really awesome. I'd never been before, and I really had a blast. Everything about the we went downtown, and that was cool. We went up to the top of a mountain and the town in Boulder, which was really cool. Um, we saw fish three nights, which was really awesome. Hung out with some friends, um, and every, I can't say enough about you know my experience there and how how really awesome it was. Like I said, I'd been to Vegas, but you know when you're in Vegas, most of the time you don't really leave the casino strip type area. If you if you get enough energy to wander out, good for you. But the couple times I'd been. I had, didn't do any of the nature stuff, and uh, been to California once when I was younger. Been to Hawaii once, um, but Colorado was really the first time I was I saw mountains that weren't like you know you're driving through the Pennsylvania Turnpike, um, and you drive through a tunnel of a tiny mountain in Appalachia. There's nothing wrong with the Pennsylvania Turnpike. <laughs> right, as a as a native Pennsylvanian, Chelsea enjoys the PA Turnpike for some reason, but um... <laughs> no, I mean I get it. I've been. Colorado as well. It's beautiful, and the mountains are awesome, and you certainly had a good show, um, or at least got the chance to see yeah, after, a three-day um, run after the kind of like wah-wah. Yeah, after Curveball being canceled, <sighs> I was definitely glad that I that I made it out to Dick's. I'm sad that there won't be any fish shows for a while, but you know, there's a big group of us going to Chicago in October, so I'm going to be with all my friends. I'm Is not that Halloween? Um, the weekend before Halloween. Yeah. Vegas is Halloween, which I'm not going to this year, which I know I'm going to end up regretting because I've done the last two Vegas Halloweens, but Chicago will be fun. We're going to have a big house and it'll be a big party. So, so yeah, if you're a listener and you've uh, never been to a fish show or never been to Colorado, I'd recommend both. Um. <laughs> yeah. So randomly, um, I was saying to Sue, who we've talked about my friend, she was like my college roommate and still my best friend, um, but she said our mutual friend Erica was going to Boulder for or going to Denver for work and she was like hey I'm going to Denver for work in two weeks do you want to come with me because oh, I've nice. got like a hotel room for this conference that I'm going to and she's like why don't you just fly out and from Houston it was like a hundred bucks like round trip to fly from Houston to Denver mm-hmm. so she's just gonna go out and she was like the, <laughs> she's the best person to travel with when I traveled for work I had to go to New Orleans for um like for work to scout out some locations. I think maybe even talked about that at the sales, like in the very early stages of the podcast, but I got to go to New Orleans and scout out some locations for a sales meeting that we're having. So I was flying down there by myself for work and I was a little bit concerned because I like I don't mind flying by myself or traveling by myself. I don't mind flying by myself. Let's mm-hmm. reiterate that. But like when it comes to traveling, especially going to a city like New Orleans, like I'm not the type of person who's just going to go out on their own. Maybe now that the times are like I have my phone with me and I've got like maps on my phone. Right, and right. 
Uber. <laughs> it's easier. It's easier to do nowadays, for sure. Yeah, like, like, you don't back need when I was... to know necessarily where you're going. <laughs> right. So when I was traveling for work, I was a little bit concerned. Like I didn't necessarily know where I was going all the time. But the one trip, um, that one scouting trip, again, I called Sue and I was like, "Hey, like, why don't you come to New Orleans with me?" And we both had like maybe recently had our first children and we're like looking for a good weekend away mm-hmm. or like a week away. And she was like, yeah, let's go. So she flew down. She like hung out at the pool while I was doing like sales meeting, call, you know, scoutings, whatever it was. And then like we'd meet up for dinner and like whatever, like a per diem for work. So we would just split the difference. No, oh, yeah, of course. Of like whatever the rest of the meal was and we just hung out. We had a couple extra days. We went to this really cool absinthe house. Like, New Orleans is something. It's, it's a place I still want to go back to. Not yeah, necessarily they're known for, like, cocktails and liquor, too. It's not a beer city for Yeah. Long, so. Like, I don't want to go to New Orleans necessarily during Mardi Gras or anything, but... You could go to Jazz Fest. Sounds yeah. fun. Yeah. There, I mean, there's tons. There's always music. That's the thing. Like, it doesn't right. matter. Like, you don't necessarily have to go for anything in particular. Right. Yeah. There'll always be a local New Orleans jazz or funk band playing at one of the clubs for sure. I feel like one point I was there for a sales meeting or a trade show or something, and there was like a, they were filming a movie, and they had like shut off half of Bourbon Street, mm. and we could see from our hotel. Like, like the the movie being filmed. Yeah, it was crazy, and there was like a fake parade and everything. I don't, huh. I don't. I mean, I'm sure if I really like thought hard enough or looked into details to figure out when that was and like what movie it could have possibly been, but cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we, so you were in Colorado, and it was your birthday. Yep. Which we kind of just glazed over. Yeah. But kind of, I want to step back a couple seconds and talk about last week's podcast. You talked about your birthday coming up, and I think, you... I think it was two weeks ago when I won, when I said the brand of shirt that I wanted. Yeah, it was two weeks ago. Yeah, I think it was two weeks ago because I gave you and my mom a little bit of time, a little bit of lead time, rather than like two days before. Yeah, I mean, you didn't talk to me about it specifically; you just mentioned it on the podcast, right. and you were like, "I told my parents about this golf shirt company that I was interested in." You said Bad Birdie, and then I was like, "Well." You know, you got to get your podcast co-host a birthday gift, I guess. <laughs> so, like, he mentioned, like, it was like a, a gimme right there. Right. <laughs> As, like, the hardest person to shop for or think about buying gifts for is Connor Clay, who is, like, the person that, like, buys himself everything that... It's like shopping for my parents. <laughs> like, you just buy... Like, you're like, oh, yeah, I wanted that. I bought it. <laughs> oh, yeah, I wanted that. I bought this thing. I'm thinking about getting this thing. I bought it. <laughs> like, shit. <laughs> It's like everything like in your mental directory that you could possibly like keep away and stored for a potential gift for somebody like outside of buying you tickets to see fish in Vegas and plane tickets and hotel to go there because that's a little out of my budget and our friendship zone. I like maybe this golf shirt was a good medium. It was. I like like it. I'm wearing it right now. It's got a cacti on it. Yeah, it's cacti. We shared it on our social. um, Yep prior to this podcast going up and your mom also got you one I don't know what um I texted your mom because I was concerned after I ordered you one I was like which I hope you didn't get the Scottsdale because that's the one I got she was like <laughs> I don't know I don't know what it was I'm like well this one had cactuses on it cacti um but their customer service was awesome I just want to talk about what a good job they did because I think it correlates to our product Maybe that's when we talked about, like, the product detail page. Yeah, um, we probably episode. did. Yeah. 
because A, their product detail pages were pretty spot on. They had really nice, fun descriptions. Their website was fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it fit like, their brand really well. It's a little out of my demographic of shopping. So, right. like, when I got there, I was like, oh, this is, like, fun. Like, I like the novelty prints. There was this one, like, it reminded me of, like, the old Save by the Bell, um, the Max Diner or whatever they used to go to. I'm, I know that you don't know what I'm talking about, but <laughs> some people do. They had, like, a whole print that was, like, from that, like, TV show. And I was like, oh, shit, that's, like, the 80s. Like, the Max Diner was, like, right there on a T-shirt. They had some cool, like, Aztec-type, mm-hmm. like, colorful prints, some flamingos. I, I wasn't sure. I like the cacti, though, so. Yeah, I like it, too. I was glad you I was glad you chose this one. I sent my mom. It was, like, a turquoise, like, Aztec-style print. So I'm excited for that one, too. She had to send it back, obviously. Because we thought medium would work. Turns out I'm a small in this brand. Well, and that was just hit or miss for me. Like, I've been larges in some places, too. So. (laughs) Well, that was the thing about their website. Like, their product detail pages were great. And then they had this size chart that you could click on. And I actually was like, I went to that size chart. And I remembered you'd bought that Indian shirt. Mm -hmm. Um, And I went to that Indians, like, the Major League Baseball website or whatever it was. I was trying to, like, match up dimensions and stuff. Yeah, because I remember you saying, like, that shirt was too small. Like, a little bit too small. And so, like, they weren't even... Like, the numbers weren't even close. and could, Like, they didn't even make sense to me. So it must have been a different type of sizing chart. But I did, like, right. on their product description page, specifically on the Bad Birdie website, was that the, the model that they had wearing the shirt, they were like, this person wearing this shirt is six foot one and weighs X amount. Yeah, yeah. Like, they give you a frame of reference for what the Yeah, model. so I was like, oh. And then it was like athletic fit, which again was like, okay, athletic fit typically is like narrower in the waist right. sometimes. Like, I don't know. Either way, I ordered a medium. It was not the right yeah, size. Yeah, the mediums were too big. But, but the, they're, that's which, a small fit really well. But they had a great, um, they had a really great automated email setup going for me so like when I placed my order like I got my immediate confirmation I got text and email notifications when it shipped when it packaged like everything following it showing up to my door like the whole return process was super easy um so I'm good like I we talk about that a lot and we talk about customer experience user experience good customer yeah, the service experience from start, start to finish was really good with that brand so yeah so awesome. from buying to returning it's soft it's a comfortable shirt and I it like came it. fast like yeah. the delivery was fast yep. yeah and it's a good looking shirt so yep. if you're in the market for a fun golf shirt with cacti or any other prints or say by the bell memorabilia print then yeah. go to bad birdie i think tan from queer eye would really be into these like... he would want you to <laughs> roll up the sleeves a little bit you have been french tucking sometimes I'm, I'm i'm happy for that i try to french tuck but it's not easy like i don't i don't i'm not an expert french tucker but i some... realize that tan's last name is france tan france tan france and he's into the french tuck oh my god all sorts of funny it was <laughs> perfect so as we're as we're rehashing um, another an old episode, let's uh, let's rehash an even older episode and talk about how Nike just came out and used Colin Kaepernick as their spokesperson for the 30 year anniversary of Just Do It, um, which I thought was really cool. And and I was I know that it's super divisive, obscenely divisive, like probably the most one of the most divisive things that they could have done. Well, I told you my sister like specifically called me yesterday yeah, because said, like, she oh was like God, I have lose. she's like I need and she's like I've got something for you to talk about in the podcast I want you to talk about Colin Kaepernick in this ad and I was like yeah I'm like we've already talked about it we're planning on talking about it tomorrow right. like 
like so behind this, you know, like again bringing up the statistic that we talked about with Ben and Jerry's, right. which was that even if you alienate fifty percent of your audience when you stand for a cause, that fifty percent of your audience is three times more likely to support you. Right, the other fifty percent is three times more likely to buy your products. Yes, yeah, like um, that. The believe in something. What is it? Believe in something, even if it means sacrificing everything. Right, was the one. I don't know if that's the same message across all of the ads. Yeah. Um, uh, it's yeah. Or just like specifically the one that, that I saw, which was Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, that was Kaepernick's. Um, but yeah, there were a couple different athletes got them. I was actually surprised. But even LeBron, Serena Williams like had right, one. She which had one. She oh, just they, recently Nike, was Nike on the. Nike released an amazing video today too about like overcoming odds and like being the best you and like oh it was so good. Like, I don't know. I don't know how anybody could hate it. Like it was the most inspirational thing ever. Well, my <laughs> sister was like kind of. She oddly enough, was on the opposite side, and I, we kind of argued for a little bit about it, and, you know, I was trying to explain well, to her... Well, Colin Kaepernick is, is divisive, but the brand Nike and, like, their, what they stand for of, of, like, just do it, like, is a is a slogan that's, like, no matter what, it, you can apply that to whatever aspect of life, whether it's taking the dishes out of the dishwasher, um, finishing that project, or getting your max bench press, you know... Because <laughs> uh, you know, I had to tie it back to sports, or like you know, winning that golf tournament, or doing whatever, and that's there's it's just super inspirational brand. But tying themselves to Kaepernick became super controversial. But they kind of overcome that with like the the spokespeople that they have are so well known, and so like LeBron James, Serena Williams, Michael Jordan, like people like that are like gods and goddesses, yeah. and. Well, American I mean, culture, so... <laughs> and you kind of made the, the point yesterday, which is like, you know, Colin Kaepernick at this point is no longer an athlete. He's... A civil rights a leader. A civil rights leader. Yeah, which I hadn't thought about that until yesterday. I was thinking about it, and I was like, he's never going to throw another pass in the NFL again. He's suing the league. No team is ever going to sign him. But he's super well-known. He's still doing amazing work. Um, not only is he... You know, because everyone says, well, if they're kneeling for national anthem, I'd just like to see them actually put some of that money they get, like, well, into they the change, like, they rechange back the policy to keeping the players, like, in the tunnel or in the locker rooms during the anthem. Well, no, but I'm saying he actually, he is donating a lot of money to... Oh, absolutely. Like, absolutely. he's doing real things, and it turns out now that he was getting a lot of that money from Nike. Like, he, someone had signed Colin Kaepernick. It wasn't an NFL team, but someone had... And it was Nike, and they'd been just waiting for the right moment to kind of release that. Um, but yeah, he's a, he's a civil rights leader. I mean, that's he's going to go down in in history books. Like a hundred years from now, kids in in history class are going to be reading about Martin Luther King and Colin Kaepernick, maybe in the same chapter of a book. Absolutely. So, um, it's and I don't cool. want to discount Serena Williams because I think, I mean, granted, her when you talk about women's rights. She's kind of fighting multiple battles, um, but just with the French Open, and she was wearing, right. like, you know, she wears her, like, unitard that she typically wears, and... The, the cat suit, yeah. Yeah, the cat suit, and they came back and tried to penalize for her for it, and then, like, she pulled from her own personal clothing line, um, which was the tutu that she wore, mm -hmm. and is the parent of a child who <laughs> wears tutus every time she plays soccer, like... I showed it to her, and I was like, look, like, 
see, like you did this. Like, right. Here's you every single soccer team, every <laughs> single soccer game for the past three years or four. Like, it probably is three years that she's been playing soccer now. Right. And they kind of started off with her like being kind of like a, a little kid. It was like, oh, you know, I don't care. I'll just wear this. Now it's like her signature. And like, right. our, like people see my Instagram posts or like anytime I post pictures of it's iconic. her playing soccer. Yeah. It's like. There it is. Like, if she were just to show up in a pair of Umbros, people would be like, uh, what's going on? Right, yeah, exactly. What's <laughs> like, wrong? Like, where's the tattoo? Where, where is the the trademark? Uh... And she fucking kicks ass when she's on the soccer field. Like, she runs it, and she's, like, she's an awesome player, even though she's eight. But, like, killing it. I'm getting a little bit, like, weepy just thinking about it, because, like, that's what she's doing. She's, like, breaking down the stereotype. Like, I can wear this fucking sparkly tutu and my shin guards and some polka dot socks and my soccer shoes and score some goals or she hates defense she gets so pissy when she has to play defense but um yeah well yeah well the the point though about about colin kaepernick and you and you mentioned but i think it's it's worth repeating we've mentioned in the podcast before is that when you take a social stand, even if you alienate fifty percent of your audience, which a lot of people were definitely alienated, oh, yeah, uh, people rich, burning. rich from big and rich was like posted that picture that went viral about the sound guy who's an ex marine who cut the swooshes off his socks. But then, like the counter, well, to I that, saw like the same picture, but it was like a police officer, and he was like, "No, I'm just kidding. I just like it's not laundry day, and <laughs> my socks are. I've got some like old quitter socks on." So. So yeah, so you know, a lot of stuff went viral of people like cutting the swooshes off, but then the retort to that was like, you know, you already bought that, so it doesn't Nike doesn't care that you cut the swooshes off, and also why don't you donate that to like a homeless veteran or someone? Right, donate your shoes to a homeless veteran instead of burning them. Right, something like that. I to, wore my shoes. To make I wore a, my Nikes today because I was feeling it. Yeah, but so you know, definitely there was some some alienating happening, but. The other half that's not alienated is now three times more likely to buy Nike. So, like, yeah. someone like me who was, like, inspired by it and was pumped about it um, is I was looking at Nike's website today and, like, should I buy some Nike golf gear? Like, what do I need to get? Like, maybe I'll get some fall fall golf gear from Nike or something like that. So I, do believe that I need some fall <laughs> golf gear. Yeah, you probably do. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, I... Uh, it's, it's an interesting, you know, a lot of people shy away from that type of thing, and Nike's obviously a billion-dollar brand, so they have wiggle room in that regard, like smaller brands. If they, and my you sister, know. Like, us, like, back to my sister's indignance earlier, she was like, you know, Nike, they're the official shoe of the NFL, and I'm like, are they? I don't know if they are or not. Like, I feel like they're just spouting things off. And I didn't they're not the official, like, guys can wear whatever brand shoe they're sponsored by, but they are the official, like, apparel provider. They make the uniforms and, like, the coaches wear and stuff like that. Yeah, so she's like, you know, are they going to, is the NFL going to pull that brand? Are they going to, I was like. No. No, they're not. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's not going to happen, and. Again, not. You know, we were on very, very different sides of the... Although the NFL does not like the players kneeling, only because it like less people watch and it makes them mad. Well, and it goes back to like... But they're not going to but they changed like all, so. But they changed the policy. They changed the policy, like I said before, like now the players stay in the tunnel or they stay in the locker room, which was initially what the policy was before whatever, like the Vietnam War or... I forget, there was, like, uh, maybe the Korean War when that whole, like, they decided that they wanted the players to be on the field during the anthem. 
Yeah, it was just like some nationalistic time or something. Yeah, there was like something going on, and that was the whole reason why player they wanted players to come out in the field for it. So um, it wasn't even like that. It's a long-standing tradition. It was something that was instituted, much like you know a lot of things that are in our culture or like as part of our politics today are things that um, presidents or past leadership have passed into. Um, Laws like uh, I'm not totally not trying to get like religious or political, but like the pledge of Le- excuse me, like the pledge of allegiance, um, like the one na- it was just one nation indivisible, indivisible with liberty and justice for all, justice for all. And I can't remember which president it was, but they added the under God, one nation under God, and a lot of people get really, you know, passionate about that specific line. And like when you historically look back at it, that that was not the line. It was and, like wrote into it later. Yeah, they they added it later because it fit a specific president at the times, um, beliefs and, you know, whoever, you know, Congress or whoever passed to agree that, that they were going to add that line in there. So, but people were like, you know, they're like, yeah, you stand for the pledge, you stand for this. And it's, you know, we're one nation under God. So we need to like, make sure that we're pushing that agenda. And it's like, no, that agenda was kind of pushed upon us by a leader at a specific time. And, you know, nobody necessarily went back to undo what was done, um, but it's it's not necessarily, you know, part of our our American history, per se. I guess it is part of American history because it happened, and it's part of what's in our well, pledge now. Well, it just wasn't original to the pledge. But. Yeah, it wasn't original to the pledge. In the same way, like, the National Anthem has additional verses that have slavery undertones and messaging to them which is also part of why people are not necessarily like super into the fact that we sing the song at the beginning of yeah i don't think that the national anthem just as a music fan it's not a good song like i would much prefer that every sporting event like they would sing like you can call me al or something beforehand (laughs) what about the amber waves of green uh my country says of thee yeah sure why not (laughs) <laughs> what about Yankee Doodle Dandy? <laughs> um, I don't know the additional verses. I'm trying to sing it in my head right now. My country says of thee, sweet land of liberty, of the I sing. Land where my fathers died. Land of the pilgrims spread. Pilgrims ride. Hates the, hate the Native Americans. Yeah. Every mountain, what about this land is your land, this land is my land. Arlo Guthrie, fuck yeah. Yeah. Anyway... We what? Well, how far are we? We didn't Whoa. think we'd be able to. We're like twenty minutes in. Woof. Talking still in the pre-header. So of take a, If you take a stand, just know that people will be pissed, and they might cut, cut your logo off clothes. And then um, who cares? Because that's the, still good press. But the other fifty percent um, will be more motivated to buy. And I think it was like on the first day, Nike generated like fifty million dollars in free media, and only like a quarter of it was negative. Like the rest was neutral and positive. Yeah. So. Um, so we're drinking too. We've been really bad about talking about what we're drinking. We've been drinking white claws lately. Yeah, because uh, there's no point. Like we're drinking white claws again. Here we're having white claws. <laughs> um, but today we're drinking. What do you got? This rosé. It's a spumante. It's a vino spumante. Yeah, Italian rosé. I can't see it's because you got the lights 
in your you also got birthday lights <laughs> in your room right <laughs> in the room where we're podcasting and you have that orange and blue it's exciting yeah connor got some smart light bulbs and plugs for his birthday and he's really celebrating <laughs> the use of them by all putting like specific like color lights in and i don't know watch this podcast hey google make the bedroom lights white Changing two lights to white. See? She changed the lights to white. She said, you got it. Changing two (laughs) lights to light. I want him to be able to make Google say, you got it, dude. Instead of, you got it. She's like the voice of uh, those Olsen twins good times. So anyway, so we had to rehash because two two things kind of happened. One relevant to our life with the Bad Birdie stuff. One relevant to everybody's life with the Nike stuff. I'm just like huge hot topic right now. But last week we talked about um, building your perfect marketing team. And one of the traits of a good marketer, um, we said, was someone who is a forever learner. So we just wanted to quickly touch upon how you can be a forever learner, why you should be a forever learner, because it was something we kind of grazed over. But it's something that you and I, I think, have found that, especially since this podcast, that we've kind of been forever marketing learners because we have to be to stay up and um, on what's currently happening. Yeah, I feel like early in my career when I first started um, kind of down the road of digital marketing, it was like uh, there wasn't a ton of resources out there to learn or understand how to get involved with digital marketing. So a lot of my um, initial, I guess, like background came from there was a actually paid the company. I didn't personally pay, but the company I was working for. I was like, hey, this is really important. I think we should be doing this. I found this, like, web series online, and I can, like, go to their, like, they had, like, some free, like, webinars, brown by lunch type series. Um, But then there was, like, some additional paid versions. And so, actually, like, my company paid for me at the time, and this was a long time ago, um, to get the certification. And I, like... I did. It was kind of the baseline to what I started to learn about digital marketing. And I remember going to a job interview at one point and somebody asking me about like, um, what you do in a situation where like, or like, how do you continue to learn? Or like, what would you do if you didn't know how to do something? I don't, I don't remember what the question was, but, um, I'd used an example of something that wasn't necessarily marketing related. It was oddly enough about something with spreadsheets Mm -hmm. um, and reporting. And somebody had asked me at one point to do, they were like, Hey, I need you to, to run this report. And like the instructions just said, like, put this column, like copy and paste this information into a spreadsheet, then copy and paste this other information into this, like another tab, do a V lookup. And then, if you look up it. Yeah, and then, like, <laughs> aggregate the data or whatever it was. And I was like, I don't fucking know what any of this shit means. But I, like, went online. And I was like, what the fuck's a VLOOKUP? And I watched a video on how to do a VLOOKUP in right. Excel and, like, aggregating data. And I was like, oh, well, that's stupid. Like, that was, like, the easiest thing. And then all of a sudden, like, I learned that the skill set of doing a VLOOKUP in a spreadsheet was not something that people, like, knew how to do, but it's, like, a really useful thing to know how to do. Yeah, it's, it's in a lot of job descriptions and stuff, like, <laughs> knowing how to do a VLOOKUP. I don't know how to do it. I do, and I, but I learned by watching the you fucking YouTube once, video. You taught me once, but, like, I couldn't do it on my own, I don't think. Yeah, it's, like, one of those <laughs> things, like, once you have the formula to do it, you can just, like, copy and paste the formula in and, and figure it out. And, and certainly Microsoft in their office suite has made it easy to do those 
like function queries because they pretty much have them written out. So like if you want to do text to columns or yeah, consolidate, you search whatever you need to do. Yeah, like there's just a lot of like deduplicating things that used to be like really difficult, or you'd have to write like a visual Crazy, basic like, type. I don't even query. know what words you're using at this point. There were things that actually happened at the time, but again, like I was doing like access a lot of like access database reporting something i didn't know anything about but i took this job and i was like yeah i fucking figure it out and i did and i just watched youtube videos and i already had like my baseline information of like my digital marketing that i'd gotten from this other um course that i took and then everything else i just like filled in the gaps with these youtube videos on how to do things and that's yeah like was like that's like the basis of where I am at this very moment is like blog articles and YouTube videos. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with that though. And I mean there's so much information. Our our industry is so um prone to share and be community oriented um through social media and YouTube and stuff like that and blogs. Um that there's so much information out there. But you know, if you think about someone in another industry like take sales or something for instance Stuff changes because of, like, times change and technology changes and stuff like that. But marketing in particular, digital marketing and the internet in general, is changing really fast and it's changing all the time. So, like, if I tried to keep up with every Google and Facebook algorithm update, like, I would, my brain would be spinning and every day I'd be, like, trying to, like, learn something new and I wouldn't, I would just drive myself crazy. Well, like anything, you kind of have to, like, keep it high level and decide which pieces are relevant to your life and, like, what's what matters and what sure. you should spend your time on. Yeah, because exactly. sometimes you can just spin your wheels for Well, and exactly. In our industry, it's easy to go down a rabbit hole of, like, trying to track every single Google update or something like that, for instance. But Yeah, or even Google Analytics. Don't. Like, when you start digging into Google Analytics and you're learning about Google Analytics, like, mm-hmm. you can really go deep down a rabbit hole of, like, how important it is, it, is it to know what city these people are in? Three how... people looked at my website on a smart fridge. <laughs> Yeah, like, like what is that? You know, before you really go go down those, just because you, that that data is available, unless you're specifically marketing something that is relevant to something that's in a smart fridge, like I don't know, like a shopping list app or yeah, recipes or, yeah, or yes, something I'll... where you want to look at that. But like me, person who's working for a digital marketing agency and trying to sell digital marketing at the agency that I work for, like SmartFridge isn't necessarily the the piece of data that I want to look at or care to, sure. to worry about. So there's there's two sides of the coin. Things are changing really fast in our industry and there's new tools and new things all the time. But keeping up is sometimes not worth your time. But I think reading different articles and, and watching videos and doing whatever to better yourself to do what's best for your users and your company is very important. So recently... I've been looking into writing better title tags to get not only better um, search rankings, but also better Mm click-throughs. So, like, you know, if you write a blog article, five reasons employees shouldn't wear name tags, parentheses, you won't believe number three, or something like that. Like, trying to figure out um, ways to get people to to click on these, and ways to, because in the past when I was writing... Um, page titles it would, I would often just be like keyword phrase pipe keyword phrase and now I'm trying to I'm a decent writer and now I'm trying to kind of apply that back to page titles so recently yeah, I've been like conversational or... right and especially in the industry that I'm in 
um, if I can get out ahead of some of these bigger companies who might be a little bit more behind on some of these um, newer SEO things, um, then it's going to be a huge advantage. Advantage for us. So I've been reading a lot of articles about that. Did um, you read the thing that was like, there was an SEO article that I was reading today. Um, it was on the Sparktura blog about SEO in general. And it was talking about like how important, like where SEO isn't necessarily going away, but there's an importance in brands to really like put their like brand oh yeah like branding initiatives the like the future of SEO that, like, is in, brands yeah like in can... five years like you want people to be able to like if you're searching for digital marketing if you're searching for our marketing podcasts that you we want draft marketing co- to come up if you're people aren't going to be searching for fun golf shirts they want them to be searching for, for bad, bad birdie. birdie right exactly so, which so is becoming like the kleenex or the exactly. whatever yeah, I've thought, I've thought that, and I've mentioned that on this podcast before. I think it was something we talked about a Whiteboard Friday that Rand did, Rand Fishkin. Um, yeah, I, I wholeheartedly believe that you should build your brand because it's hard to rank for these phrases, and there's no guarantee that tomorrow you're going to rank for the same things you rank for today. And even five, but if you want people um, to know... So, in for, for instance, in my industry, when I tell people what we do, I have to say, like, Centos. And they're like, oh, yeah, CentOS, they do this stuff, this stuff. I'm like, yes, we're, we do the same thing. So right. ideally, in like a year or two, at least in Northeast Ohio, I could say rentware. And then they, or someone says, I need uniforms, let me search rentware, because I know they do that. Not let me search uniform rental or CentOS. Yeah. Um, so building that brand, yeah. Anyway. And, and but, a lot of that comes with people, you know, for the longest time, like that whole, the concept of SEO was like such a secret sauce kind of mentality. And, and I'm talking 10 years ago, I'm not talking recently, but now because of all these tools that are available for people to understand how SEO works or how digital marketing works, how websites work, how search, en- how search engines find your websites, um, that data is all, information is all out there for you to learn and understand. So those techniques and the tools that, you know, at one point were almost like proprietary to the people doing the work, it's just available for everybody to, to know. And it's just a matter of app, like applying it and having the wherewithal to be able to, to apply the information that you're reading on a daily basis. Sure. And like, so for instance, today I was reading about writing good title tags and one was like, include your brand name. Which was always like a big no, I think, even like two yeah, years ago. Yeah, because it was like you're already on ago. your website. So like why would they need to have your brand name when it's right. a title tag on your own website? It's already in your, your URL. It's already on your page. Right. But if you want click-through rate and you have a recognizable brand and your brand is not in that yeah. big blue title tag in the search results. So so for instance, if someone's searching for uniform rental and my title tag just says Ohio Uniform Rental Company uh, in north canton or whatever but it doesn't say rentware maybe they glaze right over that because but right. maybe they recognize the name rentware and they're like oh yeah that's roger's company i know him from that member guest i played in um then they click right on it so i've been adding our brand to the tail end of it again because we have a r- relatively recognizable brand and in the past when i was optimizing pages i was taking it out and just putting in keyword phrases but now i'm like wait a minute the brand is important, so I'm going to put that back in. It's funny because that's something like WordPress sites used to just instinctively always do because they would put like whatever the like H1 was on the page and then it would be dash, then the, name of the company. Right. Yoast SEO, Yoast SEO will still do that. There's like title, pipe, yeah. brand. And it's like, but it's funny that like that's kind of what we're moving back towards 
uh, and not necessarily with a pipe, but making it more conversational or thinking about searching using a smart device or your phone to look for something like a near me type um, search result. So if you're looking at a pizza place near me or Maybe you know of a certain type of pizza. Maybe you love Pizza Hut. I don't know. And you're just like, I or there's want a, a great pizza local pizza shop meat. like Giuseppe's. Like six of your coworkers have recommended it, or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. So it's it's just a matter of being able to when someone types your brand in there and or says your brand into their their smartphone or um, a smart home device, then. Exactly. It's it's way easier to rank for your brand name than it is to rank for your targeted keyword phrase. I'll tell you that. Um, but yeah, as far as you mentioned something earlier, uh, the SparkToro, um, which is a really great resource. It's SparkToro, S-P-A-R-K-T-O-R-O, um, is a tool that Rand Fishkin, who built Moz, is building um, to kind of see where your audience is, what articles they're reading, who they're following, and stuff like that. The tool hasn't been released yet, but they have a really cool section called Trending. Yeah. Which is where um, you basically, all these digital marketing people have linked their Twitter accounts to this trending thing. I linked mine, even though I don't tweet about digital marketing that often, even though I probably should because I have a podcast. Yeah, but if so, you have a Twitter brand, like for, for me, for working on a digital marketer at a digital marketer, marketing agency who is responsible for like the marketing at said agency, like I should probably do that. And right. I haven't done that. So all it is is Guess it takes yeah. So it it takes two seconds, but it so once your uh, Twitter account is linked, it takes the articles that are linked to from all these Twitter accounts that are in this Sparktoro database, and it aggregates them and puts them in this list. Um, so then it sorts them by like recency and most tweeted about. So well, Sparktoro kind of like hits on specifically to influencer marketing. Um, and not necessarily like just Instagram influencer marketing. Well, so, the, the tool itself, but this trending piece, it just yeah. pulls from what people are tweeting about who are in the digital marketing But that's space. still kind of influencer. Like, you know, yeah, these got, digital marketing influencers, basically. Right. So I just don't want to discount like the whole concept of influencers, which is kind of the whole basis of Sparktorio in general. Right. So Rand is a digital marketing influencer. So what he's tweeting about obviously has precedent. So all these articles... But it's a really awesome spot for me to just come when I have, like, some downtime at work or something just to see, like, whatever's new that's happening in digital marketing, no matter what the topic is, if it's yeah. SEO, video, social, whatever, it's there. Well, I talked about, so. so I know I talked to you today at the office, like, I talked to you about the fact that our um, person that used to work in our office, he was a salesperson, stopped in, just, like, randomly was in town, and he owns... Um, like a series of escape rooms, mm -hmm. like escape room downtown. I'll give him, I'll give him a shout out. I don't care. Yeah. Chuck. Um, Chuck yeah. Chuck at escape room in Canton. So like, if it's kind of like a puzzle thing and I was asking him about it, I was like, Hey, did this, like I happened to notice you like did some really cool, like in-app advertising, um, like specifically, just like some brain teaser type games that I have on my phone or that I would play on my phone. And like, you would, advertised to that and he was like i i don't necessarily know how i did that i just think i was just either maybe it was like advertising and chose in-app advertising to my existing audience which would make sense because oh, okay. i already liked his page because i was curious to know what he talked about but he was mentioning that like recently with the algorithm updates like how his facebook advertising has tanked um whereas his google advertising has actually increased 
Um, but his actual Facebook, you know, that used to be, he said that used to be like a huge push for him to be able to, um, promote his, his, um, his Facebook page, like promote his website. And he said, now he's just not getting any like hits at all. So I happened to be looking in an article on SparkToro and there was like two things down. There was like a headline <laughs> about, um, like Facebook algorithms and how businesses are suffering and I showed him and he was like, whoa, <laughs> like he was super excited about it. So we talked about it for a little bit. Yeah, it's and interesting. I, I read an article recently that businesses are posting more and more on Facebook, but organic clicks to websites on Facebook are decreasing. So it's like in yeah, the, it's in the probably same the way. Same, it's, I mean, it's, it's like the same article. It's literally like an X in the graph. So it's an interesting thing yeah. to dig into for sure. But it was cool to give him that insight, like as somebody who worked in digital marketing and then kind of left to go out and do this other thing and you know, who's kind of trying to, like, navigate the, the marketing world for his business, and then... Sure. Well, yeah, exactly. You never, again, like, you never truly leave marketing, because you got to market whatever else you're doing. Right, <laughs> and, but, you know, it kind of goes back to that learning curve, where he was, like, kind of relying on some tactics and tools that um, we were using three years ago, or two and a half years ago, when he left the business to open this other business, and he was like, yeah, you know, it was working for me, but he kind of, like, rested on his laurels, and he didn't make Damn the effort Chuck. yeah <laughs> come on chuck um he didn't even know that about that <laughs> i mentioned the podcast he had no idea what i was talking about so <laughs> i'll send him a link to tell we talked about him today yeah um but it's cool his i think his 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 business is super cool and it's fun but um yeah but that just goes to show that if you are again if you're a small business owner and you want to stay on, on top of the you know what's working and what's not working, Sparktorio, that trending, and I think is a great way to kind of stay on top of what the latest and greatest things are. And again, like you can go down the rabbit hole and read 15 articles. Yeah. So I was, I was going to say Sparktorio, especially if you're not, if you're a marketing novice, it might be a little overwhelming because these articles that these nerds are talking about are going to be like the, oh, yeah. the stuff that I read is super in depth, but some good places to start are Moz, Rand's original company, has, like, basically, like, SEO playbooks and influencer marketing and link building and all these, like, different articles. Yeah, like, um, and, white, whiteboard, and Friday. whiteboard Fridays that are super helpful for me as an expert marketer and I could see as a novice, too. Like, it's really helpful to learn, like, when new people would start at the agency, I would always point them to Moz articles and Whiteboard Fridays and stuff like that because it's, it's there, it's digestible. It's not always, like super nerdy like where you're just like you have to know these six terms and exactly what they mean but if you don't know any of those terms i'm going to go back even further because i think like a great tool for really like novice marketers especially in the digital space is primer oh yeah yeah, um, yeah the yeah. google primer app download it i mean it goes back to like even if you're a you don't even have to be in, in marketing if you're a small business and you're yeah there's like out, brand like, building sales like how, to, like how to choose the best url for your website like what's the best exactly home page like what's the best home page look like um just yeah, like really building a business things. plan stuff like that yeah. yeah so google primer um it's an app i don't think that's available outside of the app i think you can only get it through an app and then you can get it through google play store or on iphones yep um, but there's a daily topic or you can just go back from the beginning. Yeah. You can just choose courses and two different yeah, courses and get badges marketing. and stuff like that. I mean, there's so many topics on there, but there's, like I said, email marketing. Yeah, I need marketing. to get back into that app. I had fun doing that and I just kind of fell out. Yeah. I did the same but... thing. I actually wasn't even on my, when I got my new phone, I didn't even put it into my new phone. So, um, 
but also, you know, if you're kind of into the idea of Google and advertising or understanding analytics, um, Google itself offers some additional tools, which is the Google AdWords or analytics certifications. Yep. Um, you know, I, I will admit at one point in my life, I had, was required to um, become AdWords certified and... Um, I just really sped through the, well, I just, the courses I, and I, I, I just googled the questions. And I got did the, too. I got Googled, the answers. Yeah, you, I don't. I didn't want to say that. <laughs> I was trying to avoid saying like I cheated on my Google. Ad yeah, I cheated. Survey. I'm no longer certified, but I could do both. Of, I can do both analytics but and AdWords. That kind of goes to the to the point of it is that like becoming certified or having these certifications don't necessarily carry any clout. Like, sure, like it helps your if you work for. Um, like an agency and you have a, an AdWords or a Google Partners badge and you have to have so many people who are um, certified to carry your badge or whatever it is. Um, but at the same time, like these questions and the answers to these questions are, are findable. You can, you can search them out online and right. on Google. So, um, so you face, about Facebook like, has similar certifications, but they make you take a monitored test. Ooh. So like, there's like a you Skype in or something with someone, and they like yeah. make sure you have to show them the room and stuff like that. So and they shut down. You have to do it in a special browser. Nice. Um, so I'm, I haven't dove into that, but I've 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 looked at it at a high level and realized that that was the case, and I was like, ooh, that sounds rough. Yeah, but you're finding out. I mean, oh, sorry, I'm tired. If you're trying to, you know, if you're interested in truly interested in learning about Google Analytics or Google AdWords, um, you used to have to pay to take the test. Like, the courses were free, but to actually get certified and take the test, you used to have to pay. You don't have to do that anymore. Now, it just links to your Google email address. They're rich enough that they don't need to charge you $50 to take a it was test. Like 20, yeah, it was like $20. <laughs> so you can just cheat on a test and Google all the questions and answers. Um, but I remember when I first took it, I was, like, super just like really concerned about it. I created like I studied for like a week. I created spreadsheets of like that I could search like quickly search like a topic and find the answers to them. So when I was an intern we I had to pass analytics and like I remember watching these videos and like reading through these things and hating it so much. Like so much hating it. I was like, forget I'm just gonna take the test today. I just took it because I was bored and I passed. Like it was like you needed a seventy percent to pass, and I got a seventy percent after I only went through like a quarter. <laughs> You're of, like, go uh, start. After, after I only went through like a quarter of like the study materials, and I was like, yes, suckers, <laughs> I'm done with that. <laughs> oh man, it was funny. But yeah. Um, so yeah, the Google, Google Analytics and AdWords is actually if you should take it seriously because those two things will help you. Obviously, Chelsea yeah, and I like are the type of people like who living did not. The, if you're not living the life every day where those things are kind of like part of your day to day world, and it's just kind of like a matter of doing it for the sake of doing it. Um, Another good place where I learn a lot is through. T- through Twitter, so through following um, mods, through following Rand, through following the Google search liaison and other influencers in that space. Absolutely. Um, I see a lot, and this is something that I don't do enough, and I should do more, especially because we're trying to become influencers ourselves with this podcast, is to... Um, we're jo- terrible, join, by the way. <laughs> ...join Twitter chats and join conversations. Like So if Sorry, Rand or somebody just... tweets about digital marketing, I think it would be really awesome if we 
you or I replied and said, hey, here's what I think about it. And here's a link to our podcast where we talked about it. And, you know, that's... Absolutely. We, and we, but if you're just starting we've off... We've talked about that as being like something that we should be doing or like anybody right. who's a good marketer should be doing, but we're not. We're terrible about doing this. Well, things. I'm just lazy, but right, right, I just want to put this out into the world. For and everybody else who's not lazy. Thousands of people who listen to this. All 26 of you. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I think starting with following, um, just start with like Rand and Maz and Twitter will start, um, re- recommending. Sure. This is the word that I'm looking for. Um, <laughs> other accounts that you could just start following and then there'll be so much knowledge just in your Twitter feed. So even if you're like, oh, I'm going to take a break from work, let me check Twitter. You're still learning, um, learning and educating yourself. Yeah. So, and then and then once you feel brave enough, you know, if you've listened to that sports talk radio show for three years and you finally feel brave enough to call in, it's the same thing. Maybe reply. And if you don't get a reply the first time, fine. But, right. First you know, time. Long time listener. First time caller. Right. Exactly. So. <laughs> so, guys, podcast, long time listeners, first time callers and tweeters out there. Yeah. In, like, interact with Chelsea and I. I for the first time this week really like that Kaepernick thing I was like the first thing I thought of I was like that episode where we said yeah um if you lose 50 percent but you the other 50 percent are three times more likely to buy it so I tweeted it I added a link to the episode I tagged Colin Kaepernick I tagged Trump Marketing I tagged Chelsea I tagged Nike and I got some good engagement even like from my friends who don't really pay attention to these topics yeah I saw like two of your friends who typically aren't like yeah, they don't like engage a lot. I mean, they're I mean, they're my friends, so we talk a lot. But in that space, they don't engage. But I think they found that information to be relevant, um, even to them, because that because the Colin Kaepernick thing is relevant to everyone. But still, um, that was kind of the first time I really like put my knowledge out there, and I was kind of happy with the results. So don't be afraid to do that, and don't hey, be afraid to follow the people who, who do knowledge. that as well. Um, and you know, there's so much out there now for digital marketing. I just read a read a piece today like I, i've been reading neil patel's blog and i read a read That's a lot neil patel's blog is a lot the um no listen so where where i'm going with this is there was a piece on there about how he calls himself an seo guru and how you should write articles with thousands and thousands of words but they're like he only ranks on the first page for like i don't know it was like it was like four percent of his targeted keywords or something like that he's actually doing a lot more with social and email, but he claims he's a SEO guru, but social and email clicks don't equal SEO. Yeah, so, his blog articles are so long. Right. I mean, so I mean there's, there's good there's good information in them, but it, it was just funny to read this article. I was like, oh man, like, yeah, this guy doesn't really rank for anything. I'm like, I just happened to see him in a social he had a whole, And he has a whole thing about ranking. Like, he has a very, 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 I don't even know how many barriers I can add long blog post about SEO ranking right? and how, you know, kind of like a how-to best practices type. Well, and he had this whole um, blog post about how after the recent algorithm update, his rankings went way up. But the guy who wrote this article is like, no, that has nothing to do with his blog post or anything. He had the super successful blog, Kiss Metrics. Oh, yeah. That he redirected right before the algorithm update to neilpatel.com. And that's why his traffic went way up. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you have to use your best judgment and, and don't just take things um, at face value, which is something that I'm guilty of sometimes. I'll read something I'm like, got to do that now. But yeah, you, um, like, use your you best. say like shiny things, not right. necessarily always. You kind of have to to sift through and, and determine what's best for business. And maybe and like, what's if, best you for your users. Yeah. if you see a recurring theme and you're like, hey, I want to jump on that. Yeah, it might, might be good, worth a try, but... 
unless, you know, if you know the things that are working for your business already, or maybe just looking for new ideas, I think, again, just going back to, to outside of the basics, learning and seeing what other people are doing and maybe trying to replicate it in a way that works for your business is um, just a way to keep keep on keeping on. Exactly. See what goes viral and then make it your own. Didn't I say that you once You said before? that once. Yeah, we talked about that. <laughs> oh, boy. Anyway, on that note, this is a little... Uh, couple different topics to dis- discuss today so it wasn't one singular topic but yeah, I had, we, and I had we went fun. longer than we talked than we, about yeah than we thought we would so yeah. this is drunk marketing i'm chelsea i'm connor cheers cheers